0: Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Okay, so we are continuing on our series called He Is. And um, a couple of weeks ago, let's see, not last week. Were you here last week? Because last week was fantastic. It was so great. I kept thinking about Ken being home sick missing last week, because he always talks about what a great dad I have, and how my dad should have a better son, and all these kind of things, and it's this great joke we have, but it was, it was really good, last week, dad and mom were both here ministering, and they both said some profound things, but dad was just talking about, at the end, he really brought it home, and talked about the work that God does in your life, and how it should permeate into the very cracks and depths of who you are, and transform you, and make you new, basically, and he talked about, um, I think he called it kitsuki, this Japanese art, where they take broken teacups, and they paint gold in there, and if if it breaks, they paint it with gold, and they make it new, and better than it was before, and uh, those those cracks become a part of the art and become part of the beauty as opposed to how we normally try and hide broken things. So it was really good. But the week before, Jen was um, preaching, and she said something. And when she said it, it just went off in my spirit. I was like, yes, that's what I need to preach next time I'm up here sharing. So it's been two weeks, and I've had two weeks of the Holy Spirit speaking to me about what we're going to talk about today. And today we're preaching about he is the fourth man. So we're going to talk about he is the fourth man today. Look at your neighbor, if you have one. If you don't, you can just stare directly at me awkwardly. Say, he is the fourth man. man. He is the fourth man. Um, We're going to look at a couple of scriptures first, and we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 31, and I want to look at this scripture with you here. And it says this. It says, so be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and don't panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you, and he will neither fail you nor abandon you. Now, this is Moses speaking to the Israelites at the end of his life. He's old, he's getting ready to die, and he's talking to the Israelites, and he's saying, you're going to go into the land that God has promised you, and I want to remind you about something. I want you to remember that God will personally go ahead of you, and he's not going to fail you or abandon you. Can you say amen? Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. So in Deuteronomy, it was Moses speaking, and Moses was encouraging the Israelites. Moses was trying to remind them, don't forget, don't forget what God has done. Don't forget where he took us. Don't forget when he brought those plagues on the Egyptians. And don't forget that when we went to the sea and we had nowhere to go, that he opened up the sea and we crossed on dry land and he killed all those Egyptians that were chasing us. And don't forget that he had that pillar of cloud and that pillar of fire that he led us by. And don't forget that he fed us in the desert with man and when, when we thought we were all gonna die. Don't forget all those things because God will never leave you and he will never abandon you. And then in Joshua chapter one, this is God himself speaking. My mic just died. Okay. And in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 he says no one look at your neighbor say no one. Say no thing. All right. We'll be able to stand against you as long as you live. Now this is God talking and he's saying to Joshua he says for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. God is speaking, and he says, I will not fail you. I will not ab- abandon you. Moses was reminding Joshua and the Israelites, God will not abandon you. God will not forget you. God will not leave you. Let's go to Hebrews. Let's look at the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 13, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change mics, right? Is that better? There you go. In Hebrews chapter 13, starting in verse 5, this is halfway through the verse. That's what those little dots mean, just in case you didn't know. Dot, dot, dot. For God has said, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. Go to verse 6. It says this. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? There's one translation that says, What can mere mortals do to me? So we saw in Deuteronomy, we saw Moses reminding the Israelites. In Joshua, we see God Himself speaking to, the, to Joshua and the Israelites, saying, I'll never leave you, I'll never abandon you. And here we see the writer of Hebrews saying this. He says, God will never leave you and God will never abandon you. And because of that, because God will never leave you and God will never abandon you, we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. Now before I make a point on these scriptures, I want to just tell you, in verse, go back to verse five, Jade, and it says here, uh, "I will never." Let's look at that word "never" just to make sure you get this point. So up here, let's put that slide up, Jade, and it tells you what the word "never" means. And in, in the Greek, it is "ume," and it's a double negative, strengthening the denial. It means this: not at all, anymore. Not at all, not by any or no means, neither, never, no, not in all, in no case, nor ever, not at all. So I think what God is trying to say to us here is that when He says He will never leave you or forsake you, He really means He will never, in any case, in any scenario, in any circumstance, at any time, leave you high and dry. Right. Now let's go back to Joshua or to uh, put up Hebrews chapter thirteen, and let's look at verse six real quick. Now here's what happens: a lot of us put our trust in things. A lot of us put our trust in people. A lot of us put our trust in ideas. And here's the thing. Those things at one point or another, in one way or another, will let you down. Your mom, your dad, preachers, doctors, judges, court officials, just about anybody that you can think of that you would try and put your hope and trust in and say, these are good people, I should trust them, and they probably are good people, and they mean well, but at some point, in some way, people will let you down because we are human. We all make mistakes, don't we? I mean, we don't want to admit it. Jen never makes mistakes. I make lots of mistakes. No, you don't, babe. I make the mistakes. and Cam makes more mistakes than I do. It is true, it's true. It's not. We all make mistakes, we're all human. And the thing is, is we put our hope and our trust in these people saying, oh, this person will never let me down. And we begin to put people on pedestals. And say, this person will never let me down. And the fact of the matter is, is yeah, they probably will at some point. But there is a God that we can put our hope and trust in who continually says to you, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm not going to forget about you. I'm not going to lead you out of the the provision that you had with the Egyptians. I'm not going to take you out of bondage and say, I'm going to take you to this really nice place and leave you in the middle of the desert and say, ha-ha, I tricked you. That's not what he does. He is always thinking about you. He's always got you on his mind. And you are always, let me say this to you, you are always fixed in his gaze. Jesus is always staring at Sloan. He's always thinking about her. How can I show my goodness to Sloan today? How can I move in Sloan's life today? How can I show her that I love her, that I care about her, that it's going to be okay, that we're going to walk through these circumstances together? How can I be in Chad's life, present, and showing myself and my goodness to him? How can I show them that we can walk through all these things together? How can I say, okay, we're going to walk through these confusing times, but we're going to do it together, and you're not alone? Because that is what God is doing. He will never... It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what your mind says. And honestly, your mind is a big, is a big battlefield. Your thoughts, your emotions. I was having a conversation with someone last week talking about the devil. And we blame the devil for everything. Well, the devil, the devil, oh, the devil's after me. The devil's chasing me today, guys. He's just on my case. The devil made me do it. The devil did this to me. Really? You're that important that the devil has personally singled you out and is chasing you around. Well, here's a shocker for you. Most likely, most of the time, no. Most of the time, it's your own choices, it's your own thoughts, it's your own emotions that are just running away with you and you're allowing them to. We blame the devil for everything, and it's not really him. Sure, there's times where he's working and he's attacking you and he's trying to stop you in your tracks, but lots of times, most of the time, it's you. It's your emotions, it's your feelings, it's like I don't want to, I don't like this person, and I'm going to sit here and be mad. I'm going to pout because I didn't get in my way. Well, the devil made me feel that way. No, he didn't, actually. Your own emotions made you feel that way. Your own feelings made you feel that way. Merry Christmas. (laughs) I can laugh at myself. It's okay. It's okay. God said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And because of that, he said because i want you to know that i'll never leave you or forsake you you can say like it says in hebrews thirteen six with confidence because you know that god is never going to leave you and because you know that god is never going to forsake you and when he says never he means absolutely never amanda he means absolutely all the time in every situation if me and jen are ever having um discussions there's certain words that I'm not allowed saying. Like always or never, right? Because they're definitive words. I like to say those words because I'm a demonstrative guy. So when something happens, it happens all the time. So I can't really say that when talking to Jen, but when I'm talking about God, And when God says that he'll never leave you or forsake you, he actually means that he will never, ever, 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 never, in any case, at any time, in any way, forget about you or leave you or forsake you. And because you know that, and because he's trying to tell that to you, you can say with confidence and trust, you can say this, God is my helper, so what do I have to fear? The answer is nothing, because you've got God in your corner. What can mere people do to me? If you've got God on your side, what can people do to you? Really? Sure, maybe they can say bad words. Maybe they can hurt your feelings. Maybe they can hurt your heart. Maybe they can even hurt you physically. But when you've got God on your side, you can make it through any situation and any circumstance you're going through. Let's go to Daniel chapter 3. And we're going to look at this story. The book of Daniel starts off with King Nebuchadnezzar. And he has gone and conquered the Israelites. And he's brought some of them back to his palace. In chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And he wants somebody to tell him what his dream means. But to make sure they're not just telling him what they think he wants to hear he says to them i need you to interpret my dream for me and they say to him well tell us your dream and we'll interpret it for you and he says no i'm not going to tell you my dream you've got to find out what my dream is and then tell me what it means and everybody says that's crazy could you imagine if you woke up in the morning and said willow says hey chad i had a crazy dream last night you need to tell me what it means. Chad's like, all right, tell me the dream, and I'll tell you what it means. And Willow says, no, you got to tell me what my dream was, and then tell me what it means. I'd say, whew, okay, well, I, these Cheerios are great. Mmm, so delicious. Let's talk about something else. But King Nebuchadnezzar tells him, hey, if you don't tell me this, I'm going to kill all of you. So it's a big deal. And so we, we know this story, and Daniel goes on, and Daniel goes and sees God and seeks God's face and God tells him what the dream was and he goes back to Nebuchadnezzar and says, hey, this is what your dream was, this is what your dream means and Nebuchadnezzar says, whoa, that's exactly what my dream was and this is what it means, okay, great and they move forward and they say, God is the one true God and that's amazing, let's go forward that's the end of chapter 2, the beginning of chapter 3, this is what's happening, King Nebuchadnezzar has made himself a giant statue 90 feet tall and about 10 feet wide. And he decides he wants to get all of his officials and all of his judges and all of his court officers and all these people that, that serve him and work for him. He wants to get all these people together and come and bow down and worship this image. This big, massive statue. 90 feet tall is pretty tall. So he gets them, sends a letter out, gets them all to come. They all show up. And King Nebuchadnezzar says, all right, this is the way it's going to go. When my band starts the music, I want everybody to bow down and start worshiping this big golden statue. So when the guitar starts up and the bass player starts playing that funky line, right, and then, and then the keyboard goes off on his little keyboard solo, when he starts playing that music, I want you all just to start bowing down and worshiping this big golden statue. And everybody says, hmm, well, okay. Sure, I guess. I mean, this guy's the king. We got to do what he says. So we're going to go ahead and, and bow down, I guess. And so they start this music, and everybody starts bowing down and worshiping this. I don't. I don't know what. It, I don't know if they were doing this. This is what you see on cartoons, like right. I don't. I don't know if that's what they did. I don't know if they just laid on their faces. And I don't know. They did something like that, except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, when I was growing up, I always said his name was Abednego. But just for purely factual reasons, it is Abednego. Just so you know. Yes. Well, that probably frustrates you. Or it may frustrate you. His name is Abednego. And so the three of them... Everybody else is bowing down, and when everybody else is bowing down and worshiping, and three dudes are just standing up, you kind of stick out, don't you? When everybody else is doing one thing, and one three guys just like, "Well, this is weird. I'm not gonna. I don't even like this song. I'm not gonna worship. This is weird. I'm not gonna do this." And they're all just standing there, like, "So, how was your salad last night? It's a little, little leafy. Felt like it was eating weeds. I'm pretty sure there was a dandelion in there, but..." I don't know, it's better than the other stuff. Yeah, me too. I got some, like, leaves stuck in my teeth last night. Meanwhile, everybody else is, like, bowing down. And suddenly somebody says, hey, look at those guys over there. They're not bowing down. They're not worshiping. We all have to, we all have to do this. We all have to follow the rules. We all have to do what the king said. And these guys are not doing what the king said. So these guys, these Chaldeans, the Bible says, they run off and they go find Nebuchadnezzar. And they say, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, hey, king, didn't you say that we all had to bow down, that we all had to worship this massive statue you made? And he's like, yes, that is what I said. Thank you for reminding me. That's what I said. And they said, didn't you say that if you didn't bow down, that we were going to be killed? And he says, yes, I did say that if you didn't bow and worship my statues, then you would all be killed. Or whoever, whoever didn't worship would be killed. And they say, well, we want to tell you something. We saw three of your guys standing over there talking about their salad last night, and they weren't bowing down. And the Bible says in verse, uh, chapter 13, here it says this. Let me open my Bible real quick. <clears throat> in chapter 3, verse 13, It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage, and he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. And they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar says to them, he said, Is it true that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I've set up? And he just goes right in. He says, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made. And when you hear the sound of the musical instruments... But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Is it true this is what you did? I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more chance. Here's your last chance. We're going to start the band up. Guys, one more time. Let's go. One more time. Keep it going. Keep that song going. One more time. We're going to start this song up again, and if you don't bow down, you're going to get it. You're thrown thrown into a furnace? Really? That seems awfully extreme, doesn't it? I'm going to throw you into a fire if you don't bow down before my statue. And he says, what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied and said, Oh Nebuchadnezzar, I love this. I'm going to tell you why in a second. He says, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us, and he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. You know what I love about this section right here? I love the fact that, that Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, I'm going to give you one more chance going to start the song up again, put another cord in the jukebox, we're all going to start bowing down, you've got one more chance to bow down and if you don't, I'm going to throw you in the fire. And I love how they didn't have to say, oh, hang on, on. we got to go pray. we got to go ask God if he'll let us bow down this one time. we got to find a way that we can uh, make you happy and make God happy. No, they just straight up answered Nebuchadnezzar right away and said, this is, you know what, no. just want to make it clear to you that no matter what happens, we're not bowing down and serving this. We're not bowing down and worshiping your idols. Because we know that our God's going to save us, and even if He doesn't save us from death, we don't care. We're not doing this. There wasn't any like, well, guys, let's, okay, guys, let's go over here. There's three of us. We've got to have a vote. Shadrach, what do you think about this? Like Nebuchadnezzar is over there. He says, well, I don't want to die today. I don't want to get in the fire. Like, I'm not wearing my fireproof clothes that I have at home, and I don't want to be thrown in the fire. Meshach says, Yeah, I don't either. That's not what. Like, I have a date tonight that I want to go on. And Abednego says, Well, we can't disobey God you're right, Shadrach, Meshach says, you're right, you're right, we can't disobey God, but what about my date? I know you have your date, and they start talking, no, no, there's none of that conversation. So many times in life, we try and talk ourselves out of finding a way to obey God, and, and compromise what God has said for us to do, don't we? We do, we do. You don't see that here. They just say, no, this is what this is what God said to us. You shall have no other gods before me. So we're not going to bow down and worship you. So you do what you got to do because we're going to do what we got to do. Come on. You know what? I think it's a, t- it's a time and an age where we need our believers to say, you do what you got to do and I'm going to do what I got to do. Because this is what God says for me to do. So I'm going to listen to him and not listen to you. So you do you. I'm going to do what he says. This makes Nebuchadnezzar really mad. Nebuchadnezzar, in verse 19, was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage, and he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Like, he's mad. And now he's not just gonna kill them, he's gonna fricassee them. He's like, you know what? I had it on, like, rotisserie setting, but now we're gonna, like, flambe you heat this fire up seven times hotter than usual. Just throw all the wood on the fire. Chop down all the trees in the country. We're gonna throw it all on the fire. Verse 20 says, "'Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army "'to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego "'and throw them into the blazing furnace, so they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dro- dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king and his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into roaring flames. Here's what I want to say to you, Derek. I want to say this to you. I believe by the Spirit of God that there are some of you here where the enemy has tried to tie you up with ropes and tried to throw you in the fire. We go on the next verse and we see that they throw him in the fire. King Nebuchadnezzar is sitting there and the Bible says he jumps up and he's like, whoa, 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 didn't we throw three people in the fire? And they say, yeah, we threw three people in the fire, king. And He's like, well, I see four people walking around in the fire and one of them looks like the son of God. And I want to tell you today that there are some of you here that the enemy is trying to tie you up with ropes and throw you in the fire and get rid of you. And God is saying, not on my watch, because he will never leave you or abandon you. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what your brain says. It doesn't matter what your emotions say. It doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what your mama says. God says, I will never leave you or, or forsake you. So you're going through the fire? Guess what? I am standing in the fire with you. I love the picture. The three of them go in the fire, tied up. They're tied up. They got all their clothes on. They're tied up. They chuck them in the fire. And all of a sudden, they get in there, and they're strolling around. Man, what do you think that felt like? What do you think that felt like? Could you imagine being Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego? First of all, to be walking around in a fire that is so hot that when somebody tried, you know, you ever gone to like a campfire, and you get your campfire too big, and like you get too close, and you can feel it on your head, sometimes like your eyebrows or your hair, if you have it, starts to burn and singe. Do you know what I'm talking about? This fire was so hot that the guys that threw them in died. Really, really hot stuff. Okay? Really hot stuff. What do you think it felt like for them to be walking around, hey, Dude, shout, check me out, man. Check me out. I'm strolling in a fire. That's pretty cool. And then add to the fact that God shows up with you in the midst. You're not, you're not, you're not excited about that enough. You're not excited about that enough. But see, here's the thing. God is with you in the midst of whatever you're going through already. We think, oh, that's Shadrach, and that's Meshach, and that's Abednego, and that's their story. But I want to tell you today that God is with you right now, wherever you're at and whatever you're going through. When he said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake it, he meant it. He meant it to you. He meant it to your kids. He meant it to your parents. He meant it to your aunt and your uncle and your twice-removed cousin on your daddy's side. He meant it to all of us. Come on. If you jump down a few verses, after the boys are strolling around in the fire, Nebuchadnezzar gets as close to the fire as he can. He's like, guys, is that you in there? they are like, it's us, yeah. Hey, king, how you doing? He's like, come out, come out. So the Bible says they step out of the fire. The Bible says that their hair, their clothes, none of it was singed. None of it was burned. It didn't even smell like smoke. I want to tell you that the circumstances that you're walking through, that because God is with you, you are going to walk through those circumstances. And you're going to come through it on the other side. And you're not going to be affected You're not going to be destroyed. You're not going to have marks. You're not going to smell like smoke. You're not going to look like you've been in the battle of your life. You're going to walk through it because God is there. And he is for you. And he is walking through this with you. If God is for you, what do you need to fear? You don't need to fear, men. You don't even need to fear circumstances. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the name above all names. So anything that you can put a name to... Jesus is greater than it. I want you to stand up with me. And I want to read something over you. I, um, I was talking to someone recently. And you know most of the messages that I preach are going to be messages of hope and encouragement to you. Showing you that God loves, showing you that God cares, showing you that you're not alone. Because that's the message that God has put in my heart. And I do I believe that we all have messages for your life, that God has called you to share with other people, which is why the body of Christ is so important, because my message is gonna be different than Sierra's message. It's gonna be different than Cam's message. It's gonna be different than Cam's message. It's gonna be different than Lena's message. It's gonna be different than Amanda's message. And we all need to be sharing that message that God has put in our heart. But I do believe that today, this message is for some people here where you feel like you are walking through circumstances that are too great for you to walk through, that you don't know if you're going to make it to the other side, that you think you may just sit down and quit, that even though you're in the middle of the fires of hell, you say, I just don't care anymore. I can't do this. I don't even, even want to do this anymore. It's so hard. I just want to sit down and take a break, and I don't care what washes over me. Let it be what it is, but I just don't care. And I believe God is trying and wanting to say to you today that even though the enemy is trying to tie you up and throw you in a fire, if you find yourself in that place, he is going to be there with you in the midst of those circumstances. He'll be walking around with you. He'll untie those chains that have you chained up. He will protect you. He will keep you safe. And you will come through on the other side victorious and no worse for the wear. It's not just an encouraging word today. I believe it is a word from God for some of you. And so I want to read this psalm to you. And what I would like you to do is I would like you to close your eyes. And I'm going to say this as kind of a prayer over you. And I want you to think about these words as I say them. And I want you to think about how they apply to you and your life. And I want you to think about them as if God was saying these things to you. Because He is. So in Psalm chapter 91, it says this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, and though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. Verse nine says, if you make the Lord your refuge, If you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, and no plague will come near your home. For He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, and He is saying this to you today, Open your heart and hear what he is saying right now. I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Just stretch your hands out to God and let's pray.